0: Welcome to another episode of Jackson Talks. Everybody with me, your host, Jackson Stone. But my name's Aaron (laughs) Matchman. But Jackson Stone was my professional wrestling name for a long time. And that's what this podcast is named after. So we're going with that. And this is episode 106. Wow. Of Jackson Talks, everybody. And I have a very special guest. Hello. Very special guest. Welcome to the show, Aaron Mercer. Hello. I am Aaron Mercer,
1: otherwise known as... James Stindebach if you want to throw our real names out there
0: yeah I want to call you James okay hi I'm James but also Aaron works for me too because that's my name
1: yeah yeah
0: it's funny because your
1: roommate's initial is J and I'm J and you're kind of J yeah but you're also Aaron and I'm Aaron I don't, I don't know what that means but it's, there's a lot going on here, here. <laughs> it's uh,
0: when I was uh, doing a lot of Jackson Stone merch uh, Joel my roommate his name is Joel Sands oh yeah can't wait to clip that in. Also, <laughs>
1: uh, Joel I need would to do that entrance. Soon. Joel
0: would get like all the the merch that didn't like come out well, and he like I gave him a couple hats that had like my JS logo on there, and uh, he wear it over to his parents' house. And his mom was like, "Why did you make a hat with your initials on the front?"
1: I was about to ask <laughs> if his last name was S. <laughs> yeah,
0: Joel Sands. <laughs> One, two, Jackson yeah. Stone. Jesus, that's weird. So I can't wait to give you some JS stuff. People are like, hmm, what's going on here? It's
1: on my Instagram. If y'all didn't know, you know, that's my name. So
0: here we go. But anyways. Yeah. <clears throat> you've had uh, quite a bit of a uh, interesting last few weeks, maybe a month or so. Sure. We'll get into that. Okay. Definitely get into that. But I have a very important question to ask you. As I showed you on my notes. Yeah. Your extensive list. I have a huge list of questions and it's one. one. It's The list is one. One question. And if you're a regular listener to the show, you know what it's going to be. And I already showed you the question, so you know what it's going to be. So, James. Aaron. With everything that you have going on. Yeah. Everything that you will have coming up. Yeah. How are you doing? Like, for real, for real. That's such a loaded question. Yes.
1: Uh, I don't know. I'm doing better than recent times, I guess. Because, I mean, I got a new sweet job. Uh... I can fly to see my child anytime I want. Mm. Uh, I'm not going to say the other reason I took the job because I don't, I don't want you know, people knowing, but that's uh, yeah, I can pretty much see the country, see the world, which is cool, pays decent. Uh, my child is now 20 something hours away, but it was either moved to Georgia or get this job and be able to fly over there pretty much anytime. Uh, so that's cool. Um, don't currently have a place as of what's today July 13th 2020 we're mm-hmm. still searching Dallas is rough I mean Dallas is nice yeah. it's nicer than San Antonio in my opinion because mm-hmm. there's trees and grass and wind sometimes um, and San Antonio is just pure concrete but uh, Dallas is expensive and uh, yeah it's hard to find some somewhere to live but to answer your question uh yeah. As of right now I am fairly content with how things are going.
0: If that answers your question. Yeah, slightly. I'll ask some follow up questions. I'm oh, sure you will. <laughs> but yeah, this this couch right here is a very important couch. It is. For one, it's my podcasting couch. Yes. Two, it's where you've been sleeping. For the past couple weeks, yeah. yeah. Which I
1: greatly appreciate. Sure. Anyway. Not not for them, but like seriously.
0: No, any at any time. Um Really? You stayed here a bunch before, but only for like passing when you had wrestling stuff. And then you stayed here for a couple weeks. And honestly, I didn't see you that much. I told you I didn't want to be a burden. Well, like you're, you're busy with jobs. Yeah. Jobs. And I think you just kind of stayed away for, for long periods of time because you didn't want to bother me.
1: That was partly, but like uh, a lot of times it would either be, I would go home to my dad's and just chill with him mm. or you know I'd be out all day door dashing yeah because I've only gotten one paycheck so far so
0: from your new game? yeah hmm. so wow well, gotta,
1: gotta eat and pay for gas you know
0: it was good to see you yeah for the for the few weeks that you're here
1: yeah for the total of 20 minutes maybe
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had some good conversations in passing which I'll, I'll touch on but I don't remember you're gonna have
1: to my brain is fried right now I, just I, focus, I got you so. I got you busy on TikTok all day Yeah,
0: a very productive workday for you. 100%. But um, you were were living in San Antonio, like you said, and were you always looking for some job like this to move to Dallas, or this kind of just happened?
1: It just happened. Uh, Honestly, I kind of screwed myself. I had a really good job working with a car dealership or whatever for multiple years, but because they had me working like six days a week, wrestling was hard mm. and so since like i don't want to say blowing up but like i started taking more bookings uh it was getting harder and harder especially with the Deathmatch stuff i did my first death match and i had to go to work the next night mm. i tried to call in and they were like oh, we don't have anybody and i was like okay so i went in with three shirts on and i started bleeding out through my shirt like i went like this and it was just covered in blood. So I was like, hey, I need to leave. <laughs> I had an accident last night, that's all I said. Uh, and so I just left. And so I was like, if I'm gonna start doing stuff like this, uh, I can't, I can't do this job anymore. Right. So I left, I was fairly unhappy with that job too, just cause it was so draining. And I pretty much just was door dashing, donating plasma. And that's how I paid my bills, and so I was just focused on wrestling, you know, mm-hmm. which was cool. But uh, yeah, no, I, I wasn't looking for really any job. I was just trying to wrestle as much as possible, and uh, luckily, I, I make it fairly public the situation I have with my my child. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not some secret or whatever uh so once i announced that he was moving farther away uh i posted something and i don't know it might have not been very favorable towards myself I'm a very self-deprecating person uh and somebody saw that and was like hey you just need a break basically mm. so uh they got me in with that job, and they were like, "It could really help your wrestling, but also you can go see your son whenever you want." So mm-hmm. I was like, "Yeah, let's do it. I was going to move to Georgia, but this is cool. It's a great job, has stability. Uh, I won't get stuck in the same position for 30 years, mm-hmm. you, know, banging my head against the, the desk. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I mean, it kind of just worked out. right, time, right, place, right person, help me out.
0: And here we are. Do you feel like you deserve something like this? No. Why not? Cause. Cause why? I knew we were going to get here. Uh, I don't know. But like, wh- why not you? <laughs> so I am very,
1: very self-aware. I am aware of my flaws and uh, what's the opposite of flaws? <laughs> Your positive traits, good, yeah, good, good things or whatever. But uh, I don't know. You can't help how you feel sometimes. So mm-hmm. I don't think particularly highly of myself, and I just I don't know. I don't think I deserve anything really. I'm not saying like I, you know, the other way bad or anything, but just I don't know. It seems kind of too good to be true. Mm. If that makes sense?
0: Yeah, it, of course it makes sense, yeah. yes. Yeah. So then you can, you can you can kind of frame it in a different way if deserve is not the right word.
1: Well, I definitely didn't earn it. All I did was post a status and well, somebody
0: saw it and was like... Hey. Well, in the moment, it can feel like you didn't earn it, right? Yeah. But, there, but in life, I think there's there's a lot of actions that we take that can lead us to having a break that we get. Maybe it wasn't one specific thing, right? But it could have been a series of events, right? Yeah. You having love for your kid and wanting to see him, right? That energy gets put out into the universe. Right. If you believe that or not, it does. And then you working hard at the thing you want to do, wrestle, Mm -hmm. before basketball, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then just trying to be the best person you can be potentially leads you into getting something that is worthwhile and can make you a little bit more successful in your life. Yeah, So I think that's true.
1: I'm definitely like a firm believer of I don't know if like everything happens for a reason but I can specifically go back to like certain points in my life and I was like I would not be here without that happening and like this led to this led to this led to this and so I'm again aware that I'm here in this position because of certain things that led to it and it is like I could be a deadbeat dad and not care. Right. And I would, you know, I don't don't know what I would be doing. Then I don't think that
0: person would have offered you this opportunity. A hundred percent.
1: So, yeah, I I believe, like, whatever I did to get here had to happen. But, like, I didn't, I, I don't know, just my own opinion. I didn't do anything to deserve, earn, whatever. I didn't, like, outwardly you know you try to get here you it just kind of like happen.
0: apply for the job and go after it and no. do a bunch of interviews and all no. this stuff
1: yeah I mean I did the interviews and stuff well, but after you know yes. yeah
0: I, I know what you mean but yeah you that yeah, makes sense um, the everything happens for a reason thing is an interesting one Because That's why I framed it like, I don't think everything happened, but certain things do line you up in in a certain way. Like, I wouldn't be speaking about the stuff that I talk about or doing anything that I'm doing. I wouldn't have stopped wrestling if the worst thing in my life hadn't happened. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I consider that a reason. I just consider that something that I dealt with in a way that wasn't the worst possible way to deal with it. Right. not saying I'm, I'm dealing with it in a great way. Like... Could right. be, there could be a better way but this is the best way I know how to deal with it right. is by talking about it being vocal about it like living my life around it and so people people like to use that statement in kind of the worst possible times like because I remember when my sister died mm-hmm. like people said that to me like two or three days after everything happens for a reason like yeah, maybe it does but that's I'm that's the worst thing you, but you I'm, I'm literally in the middle of yeah. the worst thing yeah. ever yeah. and so maybe just like this is all I need right now like no no words just like <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. not even saying it's going to be alright because who the fuck knows if it's going to be alright nobody knows but now almost four years removed September will be four years since my sister passed away and I've, I'm I'm finally kind of I'm seeing some you know I feel a bit of gratitude towards the situation because I absolutely love what I'm doing and able to do mm-hmm. and maybe there's the reason but I didn't I wouldn't have never known that if I didn't like try to put in the work and so I think that That term is used with the right intention, but sometimes people overuse it because it's like this is standard phrase that people use. And so I think we need to be careful about that.
1: It's just just like a go-to to to cheer somebody up, basically. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's not always the thing that needs to be said.
0: Right. So, especially when you get some other, (laughs) yeah, especially when you're talking about some other really like traumatic events that happen in people's lives, right? You're kind of placing the blame on them when really probably wasn't their fault at all and so but then it's on you right it's your responsibility then to take what had happened to you accept it as is and try to move forward with it and figure out the best way to be the best version of yourself at least that's what i think
1: and in my opinion i think you have absolutely made the best of that situation because like you help people Mm -hmm. for like that's what you do you know Mm -hmm. and that's an amazing thing and cause and uh Yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like that's the best thing that could have happened from that. You know what I'm saying?
0: I think so. Thanks for saying that. Of course.
1: Thank you. I I didn't want to, like, phrase that, like, uh, improperly. No, you did a great job. Thanks.
0: I'm terrible with words. I don't know about that. (laughs) Sure. Do Do you like cutting promos?
1: Um... I hate talking into a phone or a camera, mm-hmm. I love doing live in the ring stuff, mm. um, love, probably not because I hate public speaking, I hate talking in
0: general, really. Uh, Is that just like your personality type? Or
1: So it's weird, I remember growing up and like even high school, all I did was talk. That's why I would get in trouble a lot is just because I talked a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, obviously not in like speech or communications class. I hated that public speaking, you know, for everybody.
0: Um, great profession I chose. Uh, <laughs> yeah. For those that listen to this podcast and aren't familiar with professional wrestling, Aaron, Mer- Aaron Mercer, um, independent, independent professional wrestling, Yeah, Extraordinaire. yeah. Um,
1: Where was I going? So, yeah, I, I didn't. No, I I used to talk like a lot, but I think, uh, and again, I can pinpoint this, but like after I came home from my freshman year of college and I blew my knee out the first time, this one, um, I took like a year and a half off from school and stuff. And I was very like secluded, I guess I, didn't leave my room much i went to play basketball and stuff on a torn acl which was you know stupid but uh do what you love right and i think it like in that moment that period of time i just became very introverted and ever since then uh that's just kind of how i've been i think wrestling has definitely helped as with a lot of people bring out you know something and especially when i'm in front of crowds and stuff like that i feel like i'm very extroverted Mm. um even on like meet and greets and stuff i'm because i feel like i'm playing a character even though i'm just myself yeah you're not really no not at all but it's weird it feels different but it's not Mm. i feel like i have to be outgoing and nice and stuff which i think i'm naturally but uh i don't and this answer makes it seem like
0: i love talking but <laughs> uh yeah no I, well, I you just, are you are on a podcast so i think you're i think you're giving it your best effort yeah, here. yeah no i
1: i don't know i just don't particularly love talking so promos are just like i
0: just rather fight you know yeah sure but if they're in the in the ring you feel like you you have you you know, like you're doing, or you feel like there's more energy behind it, or you feel like because the might crowd be like is feeding off of you, adrenaline or something. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like I,
1: I have spoiler. I have uh, a few coming up. There's going to be like a post match one, um, and a couple more that are going to be in the ring. And I think they're going to be fired. Like I already know what I'm going to say and stuff, which is probably bad because I'll, I'll probably fumble over my words and be like, "Oh, what was I going to say?" or whatever. But um, I don't know I think they're gonna be good and I think I'm getting better at them just because I'm being my goofy idiotic self I'm not being like serious tough guy even though you know I bleed and glass and gussets and all that like that speaks for itself I don't have to be here like you know Uh, Everett Connors Uh, (laughs) uh, yeah so I don't know I think I'm just an idiot and it gets over and pops myself mm Makes me laugh, um, yeah. So I like them more than I used to. But what a long-winded answer.
0: I, I like them. I like them only because I was I was portraying a character that was not even close to myself. You're right, talking if, about the first one, right? When I was in the thick of it. Yeah, 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 When I was when I was really like when wrestling was my full-time job and I was Hollywood. Right? And I was traveling the world. Right. I was I was lights camera Jackson. Everything I posted on social media was curated. Every word I said was. Manufactured, Nothing was real. Everything was pretend. And that's what I thought professional wrestling was because I knew WWE. I knew larger-than-life characters. That's mostly how we all get into it. And then that's where I wanted to be. I wanted to be in WWE. And so that's the character I presented. Mm-hmm. that changed right when everything else changed that changed yeah and when I wrestled a little bit over the past couple years I was the same way you were I was just myself my name just happened to be Jackson Stone but everyone knew what I was doing the stuff I was posting on social media was very real raw and personal and then the promos became different because I was still I still needed to portray someone who could do something in the ring Mm -hmm. um while also talking about things that were vulnerable and real um so that was a bit tricky um when i was lights camera jackson it was, it was easy i knew my intro i knew my outro i just had to fill some meat in the middle right so but i always like talking probably why i have a podcast hmm, hmm. that's a theory <laughs> probably why i have two podcasts yeah. but yeah because uh, when i first met you um you were you you were Pretty much portraying an MMA character.
1: Was that at uh, the warehouse?
0: That was when um, they were doing those Thursday shows. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What a
1: time! Uh, yeah, that was shortly after I branched from my tag partner and school and started to do my own thing. So I was like, oh, I've done a bit of MMA. Let me just be tough MMA guy. You know, it's mm-hmm. easy to do uh so yeah that's what i was doing at the time and i didn't cut promos i cut promos with facial expressions
0: right i didn't talk yeah you've you've always had good facial expressions thanks i I get that a lot i think that i mean that's the one of the most important things
1: sam stackhouse said i will make thousands of dollars with this thousands you just said thousands (laughs) Thousands.
0: not millions no (laughs) all right (laughs) thanks sam stackhouse (laughs) And then, you, and then you transitioned into, into kind of this person that you are now. Was there a, was there a plan behind that? What was your process there?
1: Uh, 13 months of injury and just coming back and throwing myself into it and just being myself. I don't know. I didn't have a plan for when I came back. I was just like, I'm going to uh, give everything I have and destroy my body in the process and just pop myself. Because if you're not popping yourself, what are you doing, right?
0: Well, yeah. In in non-wrestling lingo, that basically means if you're not having fun, what's the point? Yep. And that's true. Right. Right? We we get so caught up in wrestling because we want to make it. Mm -hmm. And you have to take it seriously to make it. People ask me all the time, uh, Jackson, how, how did you get to all those places so quickly in your career? I was like, I sat down for two or three hours every day, and I emailed and messaged every single person I could possibly think of. And then I did it the next day, and the next day, and the next day. These people were getting messages and emails from me every single day of the week until they were like, yes, you can come to my show. Yeah. And I, that's what I did. And, and if they didn't respond, I went to the show, whether it was in Texas or not. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, here I am. Yeah. This is me. I have a character. You want to see some promos? I'm 6'2". I look good. Here's my gear. What do you want to see? You want me to do a match in front of nobody? Let's roll. And then it worked. Yeah. People are like, oh my God, you've only, had, you've only been here two years? I'm like, I, did, I don't know. This is what I did for baseball. That's how I got to school. Mm-hmm. That's what me and my mom did to get me a scholarship. I approached it like an athlete, and it's the same way I did it. Eventually, it was kind of like I had enough, you Mm -hmm. know, and I stopped doing that because I had regular bookings. Mm -hmm. But if I wanted to reach any more heights, I needed to keep doing that. Right. But um, that was just my way of doing it, and that worked for you. And it worked for me. And it's not for everyone because it takes a lot of time and effort. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also was working as a personal trainer, so my my schedule was a little flexible, so I could Mm -hmm. sit down and do that if I was working a nine to five or had kids or had. Other priorities, it would have been harder. Right. And I take that into consideration when I'm talking to someone just to make sure the information can be beneficial to them and their situation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. I have no point to that. I just thought I'd say no, it.
1: No, yeah. I enjoyed it.
0: <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, then you, you kind of became um, this. Yeah. And you're having fun.
1: I'm having the most fun in probably my life. Really? Honestly. Yeah. It's... I don't know. It's a blast. Like, I'm not pretending to be anything else like I'm just me and people oddly are into that mm-hmm. I don't get it but uh, you got a lot of charm to you sure I think you do thanks uh, I, I think that's maybe part of it is just I'm myself and I put myself out there like I talk about you know having a child mm-hmm. and all real these things real things yeah so I think people are drawn to that that's just a theory I don't know if that's actually true but Uh, Yeah, man, like, I'm killing my body, which is fun, because uh, as an athlete, I always like being sore, Mm. so I enjoy doing things to make my body sore, Uh, and, you know, it's part acting, and I always kind of had a little bit of a dream to act like i was like oh i want to be a wrestler and get signed and then go to hollywood yeah uh it it just seems fun playing characters you know um but yeah you know the the people that you get to meet at shows and they're like this is my first show this is my friend's first show and you made it for them like that's a cool feeling and little kids coming up to you and be like can you sign this can you take a picture like like as a father, that's cool, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm having a blast.
0: <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I always take pauses. I like yeah, to digest no, what nice. you just said. Yeah. It's actually incomprehensible how many downstream effects we have of positively impacting people at wrestling shows. What do you mean? Like, not everyone that you wrestle in front of mm-hmm. is going to tell you how much they liked it. Right. Right, The few people will come up to you and be like, yo, that was sick, thank mm-hmm. you. You made me fall in love with wrestling again, or I was having a hella bad day, and this made my night. Um, I think I know where you're only going. Only a few people are going to actually come up and tell you that. Yep. But the, however many else are at the show, the other 30, 200, people that were at the show mm-hmm. may have felt the exact same way, and we have no idea how that's positively affecting the rest of their day. Like They could have went home and told their kid about it because mm-hmm. maybe he didn't want to come, he wasn't feeling it. Then he showed them some pictures, and like, shit, that's so cool. Maybe I could do that. Yeah, Like, and, like we don't know those conversations. And I think about that a lot with the stuff that I do now. Like, how many people is this really affecting? Like, maybe a couple people will tell me that they enjoy the pod. Sick. That makes my fucking day. I love it. Yeah. But how many people are they telling? Right. Or how many things that they heard on this pod are resonating with them? And it's the same thing at a wrestling show. And I think that stuff is is quite cool because it's like this the positivity resonance that's like bleeding out through a bunch of people. And you
1: never know. Like, it could literally be one person that it changes like the course of their life just because they took one little clip from your podcast or one little moment from a wrestling show or a tv show or whatever and they're like that saved my life or you know that you know changed my life or it changed how i view something and like you had something to do with that Mm -hmm. and that's that's a cool feeling
0: Right. right you know so and sometimes you never know and you will never know yeah I, I, but that's cool, too, like... That's so cool. So cool that... Even, even
1: the possibility that 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 possibility is there, you know? That's a cool feeling.
0: That's why I tell everyone that they matter. Because you do. Yeah. Because you have no idea how many things you do that positively impact people that you'll never know about. So that's why you matter. That's why you matter so much. Yeah. And I think that's amazing. Yeah. Um, I had a thought, but then that thought preceded it because it was better. <laughs> that one was better? <laughs> yeah, that one yeah. was better. Of course. No, like uh, with wrestling, like you, you nailed it. Like every single person, every single person who watches wrestling or is in wrestling has at least one story where wrestling saved their life. Mm-hmm. And that's not an exaggeration. Yeah. Like not just like made their day better. That happens all the time when we have wrestling, but like literally saved them from doing something. Mm-hmm. It did for me, mm-hmm. right? It did for me. I've told the story before, but um, I was home yeah. for the month. Uh, after my sister passed away and the end of the month was my debut with beyond against wither Mm yuda and i wouldn't have made it through that month if i didn't have that match to look forward to because i love wither yuda he's one of my closest friends he got me on that show and i've wanted to work for beyond for the start of my career Mm -hmm. and that whole month i was like okay i got something to look forward to keep moving keep moving and i and it was there and then we both cried after the end of the match whatever but it was a beautiful moment that saved my life that's not an exaggeration. And yeah. I, I'm sure you have the same story, and wrestling fans who are watching this have a similar story. And that's the beauty of it all. I was going to say something,
1: but we won't go there. It's Why? Okay. You don't want to? No, that's no, okay. Next time. I mean, we can. It's up to you, man. I might cry. Let's let it out. Uh, so I don't know how touch you are about your sister and that, that subject, I guess. Uh, so I, up until like three years ago had never had thoughts like that mm-hmm. uh, and wrongly thinking I never understood how people could have thoughts like that it just didn't make sense to me mm-hmm. uh, then I blew out this knee
0: and so first your right knee and then your are
1: basketball left. wrestling
0: okay Is this the one against Jerome? yeah okay I was there for that
1: and then I got carried out and had to walk through glass Didn't hurt, but I cried in the back because I was like, oh, I got to go through this again.
0: Anyways, um,
1: so yeah, I blew that one out. And I knew that my son was moving to Colorado in the matter of months, I think. So I was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to see my kid after having him every single weekend. Because we had been separated for like two years at that point. Mm. But I had him every weekend.
0: He was living in San Antonio?
1: Um, Yeah, Mm. we both were
0: at Mm. the time. Anyways.
1: So I was like, oh, that sucks. I'm never, you know, I'm never going to see him. And now I can't wrestle for who knows how long. I'm poor, I can't get surgery. Uh, Lost my job, couldn't feed myself, Mm -hmm. uh, couldn't take care of myself. So how could I take care of my kid? I couldn't see my kid for like a month because I couldn't walk. Mm -hmm. And I was like, uh, you know, thoughts start to creep in. And Mm -hmm. that was the first time I ever dealt with depression. Uh, and it was you know a new feeling and so I did have thoughts I didn't try anything uh, because I was like I have this I think it was three at the time this three year old little child like if I were to do this he would grow up without a dad and I just I couldn't do that you know uh <laughs> So, yeah, like, that that was, I don't know, a super hard time. And even now, like, still today, three years later, like, sometimes I'll go through, like, little peaks and valleys, you know? Mm-hmm. Nothing ever as bad as that, just because, like, uh, I don't know. I've, I've kind of been through it now, so I'm like, I, I know how to handle this. And uh, with the brilliance of technology i can literally just call him up right now and be like hey dude what's up you know um, but as far as like you know wrestling or music or you know sports saving people's life like my child saved my life mm-hmm. you know just his existence like yeah magical thing that's the power yeah. of love <laughs> it's a good song uh yeah yeah is that why i tried really hard not to cry
0: that was beautiful thanks, thanks. For
1: sharing. i get i get smiley when i get uncomfortable yeah
0: Yeah. that's cool uh is that why you said at the start when i asked you that question how are you that you said you're doing better than you have been yeah, yeah. so it's from that situation
1: yeah that was yeah like i had never i don't even think i ever dealt with like anxiety or anything really um Definitely not depression, but yeah, ever since then, like I completely understand there are definitely situations you can be in where, you know, thoughts creep in and like, do you think that's the only way out and Mm -hmm. you know, um, but yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that.
0: Well, it's extremely complicated, right? Yeah. And mental health has a lot to do with environment, with circumstances. Let
1: me pause you real quick. Um, Do you remember the series you were doing where uh, somebody would basically tell their story? Mm -hmm. You started that, I want to say, very soon after Uh, I did that. It was like a couple months after. And I watched some of those. And like, uh, yeah, some of those stories kind of helped me. Mm -hmm. And, you know by default you helped me because you presented that yeah so thank you you're welcome yeah i'm not gonna say their names but there was a couple that like specifically
0: i was like damn yeah those are those are powerful mm-hmm. i kind of stopped doing them um i noticed but still, I just like, do i do it on here instead yeah. um but yeah that was like the that was like the big part of me starting you are loved was like trying to share these stories that people who felt this way and thought they were the on- only ones feeling this way could feel less alone mm-hmm. and it was powerful for me I'm sure uh, listening to people having them agree to do it like them trying to be part of this project that I had no idea where it was going or what it could be
1: I thought about like messaging you and be like hey can I you know tell a story or whatever but I, there was no way I was ready at the time so
0: well there you go yeah. now we're here now we're here three years later <laughs> time flies at my house yeah. On, this uh, couch, on my bed. On your bed. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. It's like... Every, everyone has mental health, right? Because mm-hmm. how I define it is how you think, feel, and act. So it's a part of your everyday. Mm-hmm. But then there are certain conditions, circumstances, environments that it can exacerbate the way you feel to a level that you've never felt before. And you're not sure how to respond to it. That's why when it happens to people that are young it feels like the end of the world because they don't have the experience to fall back on to know that they can get through this so then they make that ultimate decision which they feel like is the only way through it Mm -hmm. when obviously it's not there's other ways to deal with how we're feeling but that's what we have to teach young people those tools so when we get put in situations like you're put you were you got put in we like have something to fall back on. Like, okay, I learned this and this. This tool can be utilized. I can call this friend, their story share on social media. Okay, I know I'm not alone. Okay, I know that I matter because I have a kid and he means something to me and all this stuff. You kind of start to think about it if you can kind of just take a moment to breathe and be like, whew, okay, here's where I'm at. Here's what I can do. Here's what I may need. How do I get there?
1: And I think that's part of the, part of the reason why I'm so open about my life on mm-hmm. social media, even as wrestler character, right, uh, is because, like, you see guys like, for those who don't watch wrestling might not know, but like Eddie Kingston yeah. is a super tough dude, mm-hmm. but he's on Twitter talking about anxiety and yeah. mental illness and stuff. And I'm like, if a badass dude like that can openly talk about his problems, like, who am I? Mm-hmm. Like, I could easily be like, oh, I miss my kid, you know? H- hoping, not, not even hoping, but like, uh, somebody could see that and be like, oh, I miss my kid too, mm-hmm. you know? And I know it gets better and stuff like that. I've I've had another wrestler message me and be like, uh, I have to drive a couple of hours to see my kid, but you have to, you know, do like 20 hours. Like, I'll never complain about that again. I was like, that's, that's cool. Like, I helped you with perspective, basically, you know? Right. Uh, just being open about it and... Uh, I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah.
0: Beautiful. (laughs) Sure. Eddie Kingston is a a fantastic person and role model.
1: I've met him like once or twice and he's amazing.
0: Yeah, I've never had a conversation with him, but I follow him on social and... uh, Just... It's like, it's just so... It's so real, it's so raw, it's so passionate. And he's being himself. And also has the ability to go out in the ring and perform on a very high level, mm-hmm. but then talk about these things that he's dealing with. It's the same way now that like Olympians and professional athletes are talking about this stuff. Like I can become an elite performer, but I'm still dealing with this stuff. It doesn't it doesn't uh, exonerate me because I'm I reached a certain level. Like everyone has to go through this stuff, and the way we deal with it is by talking about it, sharing our stories, expressing how we feel, and learning different tools and mechanisms to to make sure that we can show up as the best version of ourselves. And so in professional wrestling, it's very interesting because the identity crisis is real for yeah. a lot of people because yeah. the way they perform in the ring as someone or something could be different than how they see themselves in real life, but they're spending the majority of their time as that authentic person. Mm. And so we have to come to terms with that authentic person and be okay with taking out the trash when our wife says it's okay and not yelling at her saying that I'm a fucking world champion. I don't have
1: to do that. <laughs> no dude I'm the man baby (laughs) like that's your job
0: okay when you come home from your job you're you're you discovered who you are but you have to first do that work to discover who you are and then you can portray that as a character completely different but you have to know the separation you have to know when to be this and to be that or you can be an extension of yourself like Eddie Kingston like yourself um which you know works whatever way you want to work it but
1: Man, I would love for uh, a woman to yell at me to take out the trash. <laughs> Been single for five years. Good
0: God! What are we doing? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Living life, I guess. Living life. Yeah. It'll yeah. happen just like the job. Sure. We'll see. You got a lot on your plate right now, so. Yeah. I'm not worried about it.
1: Had that conversation recently. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, you want to go there too? Uh, Talk about love life? Sure. Yeah.
0: But, well, I'll pause it there. We'll go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. um, we have to talk about the most obvious thing, though. Um, my sweet locks? No. Um, I need to get a tan. No. <sighs> if you're watching via YouTube, you can see these pajamas. Little did you know that this is <laughs> professional wrestling gear. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah.
1: And hardcore matches or death matches where I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna be a goof today,
0: yeah. So question one: When did you fall in love with death matches? And how are they different than a regular match? And why did you want to wear pajamas? <laughs>
1: uh, when did I fall in love with death match? Or when
0: did you decide that you were gonna do them often? Maybe you don't love them.
1: <sighs> oh, I definitely love them now.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but I'm not pigeonholing myself. I don't want to be you know, just a deathmatch hustler uh, for any bookers watching. Um, <laughs> There'll be a few. Uh, man, I don't know. So whenever I came back from injury, I kind of just had like a death wish. My second match back was against Shire. Mm. And I had That guy's him, a beast. He's amazing. He's a beast. Uh, I had him UFO me onto a rail. That's his big move, right? It's one of them. Yeah. Um, the guardrail was flat on the ground with concrete under. it. And so I was
0: like... Uh, the UFO is the guy on your shoulders. Yeah. Like and he and just scary. spins and throws yeah. you. And launches you. And down. you land.
1: And yeah. I land on this metal guardrail that is right on top of concrete. Uh, on my first. Back. On your back. Back yep. first. Yep. On the guardrail. That was my second match back from 13 months out with a destroyed knee. Sheesh. So I had a death wish coming back. Uh, and then ICW was wanting to come down to San Antonio and, uh, Dunbar wanted them to use me and Ruben mm-hmm. and, uh, Scotty. And, uh, so he, the promoter of ICW was like, send me some tape on Mercer and Scotty. And I had no death matches, no hardcore matches under my belt. Scotty had a few. And, uh, so Dunbar was like, we need a start getting you some footage and i was like uh me and Ruben in a death match next week and he was like uh okay but we can't use glass and because the cleanup and i was like well we'll go bareboards so we had a bareboards death match and it was crazy and amazing and i loved it it was uh, exhilarating oh dude i almost threw up in it like more than a regular match yeah your adrenaline yeah. is like Through the roof compared to a regular match. Uh, And I don't know. Yeah, like I did that one. And then uh, a couple months later, they came down. And I had another one. And then I had one with uh, Atticus. And he just buried me in like 30 tubes. Just sat
0: there. He's a a talented performer. He's amazing. He's
1: a really cool dude. Sorry to kill your your thing. But... um, yeah he was just like burying me in glass and i was just like sitting there taking them and i was just like this is so cool <laughs> that's like, what you're thinking about yeah, It is. there are moments in matches where i'll take like a huge something yeah. and i will verbally out loud to myself be like this is so much fun wow it's weird brian keith gave me a, a tiger driver off the apron onto the floor mm-hmm. with you know minimal padding
0: yeah very minimal and
1: i hit and i was just like this is awesome What's wrong with me,
0: right? Wow. Um, you're so you're so present in the moment. That's yeah, so
1: cool. Yeah. Uh mm. So yeah, it, it just kind of started happening and uh I don't know, I fell in love with it, but as far as how it's different, honestly, the way I approach it is it's not different. I still do the same
0: like in terms of planning it.
1: You still put psychology behind the it. The
0: formula is a bit the same, right?
1: yeah yeah. It's you still do your stuff it's just now there's weapons involved there's mm-hmm. more danger mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time it means more so the crowd can invest more mm-hmm. uh, so it's, it's really not that different
0: you're still building up to certain spots yeah. just the spots are a bit wilder you're because so you have little extra toys to play with still telling a story
1: it's no different
0: wow yeah now some
1: people just go out there and like weapon 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 and that's shitty uh my first thing getting into deathmatch wrestling was like i don't want to offend dudes that do this all the time i want to respect it as much as possible uh and i feel like i've done that hopefully i don't know i haven't had anybody shit on me so sorry if i'm cussing too much
0: no we, we can cuss um i don't remember your third question i'll get back to it in a second uh yeah i don't have very much experience with with hardcore stuff
1: you did a couple on your
0: uh i've done like maybe three or four Mm -hmm. the first one i did was like this tornado tag team uh hardcore match against thatcher and walter
1: you don't even need weapons with them
0: yeah walter just power bombed me through two chairs and that was the end of my night that's amazing and then the other one, I remember one with Wesley, Wesley Crane, which he's amazing at it. So that was like he, mm-hmm. that was cool because I just let him take the lead, right? And he knows what he's doing. And then one I think was like a multi-man match. That's where I got uh, someone cracked me in the head with a chair, and I started bleeding everywhere. Nice. And that was, yeah, that was about, that was about it for me. Yeah. Uh, I always said that I would do it if it built up to a story and it made sense. Like right. I would do that. Uh, I I don't. I just don't think I. So I had a couple of those, um, but I don't consider those like death matches. They're just like com- the culmination of storytelling in, yeah. a, in a bigger, in a more intense setting. Yeah. Uh, but I always said if John Cena did it on TV that I would do it in real life, but he went through Glass, and I may be wrong, but I, well, I don't know if I would do that. Did he? He went through like a car, for The Shield. Oh, yeah, that's true. He That guy gets after it a bit yeah. on those hardcore matches, yeah. man. Some of those ones with JBL. Oh, <sighs> they poured... Buckets. There's so much blood, dude. Yeah. Like, he's a beast. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. <clears throat> and then my, my third question in that span of questions that I asked you was about these pajamas.
1: Oh, yeah. I was trying to avoid it. Uh, Man, I don't know. In In the whole just being myself, I'm very relaxed and nonchalant. And I show up to shows in pajamas sometimes. And one day at a show, I was just like, uh... I don't feel like wearing gear. I'm going to wear pajamas. And they were like, okay. went out there wrestling pajamas. People loved it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to make this a thing now.
0: Like with your knee pads and, and shooters or what?
1: So the first time I wore them under. Yeah. Uh, there's been a couple times where I just wear these and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll wear under if uh, I'm going to throw like kicks or so. Thank God I wore them in that first one because Wesley came in. He was supposed to duck a roundhouse and he came in like this. And I kicked him straight in the face, uh, and if I didn't have my kick pads on, oh,
0: that would—I'm
1: sure it hurt, but because I—I I came with a little bit of force. Yeah, uh, but yeah, there, there's a little padding in kick pads, a little, hence the pad but yeah, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I—I I like being comfortable. I used to wear slides in high school all the time, and a teacher was like, "You just like being comfortable, huh?" And I was like, "Yeah, why not?" that's the basketball player in you yeah 100% that's,
0: that's basketball best. shorts and slides <laughs> I mean, with socks and socks of course yeah. yes of course I still do that that's a great look yeah it's comfortable course. yeah that's why I wear the jujitsu every day yeah yeah. well not the Sox, socks you wear crocs don't you I like crocs yeah.
1: I've never worn any they're comfortable
0: yeah I mean they're they're comparable to slides they just have like a little bit more support and you can put the strap down so like you can so you're in a sport mode yeah sport mode yeah so you can you can kind of move around a little bit yeah is that real
1: or that well, there's a sport mode? Like if you put it down, you can actually do more stuff Well,
0: because it, it blocks your heel in. So your foot's not going to come out. So you can like move around a bit. I wouldn't say go do like strenuous activities yeah. in Crocs, but you know, one's just a slide where the, the strap is up. And if you put the, the strap down, it, it's like a, you know, you have those Hey Dudes. It's like pretty similar. Oh, I love those. Those are the best shoes. You know, they're like
1: almost stress shoes. Like you can, I wear them to work. Yeah. Business casual. But they're also just, like, lazy house shoes. Right. They're for any
0: time, you know? They're cool. They're great shoes. Yeah. A lot of kids on my, my baseball team like to wear them. So I'm a child? No, you're just, <laughs> you're just in style. Because they have the newest trends. I'm hip to it? Yeah. <sighs> oh, no. As they would say, uh, okay. they would either say two things about something that's good. One, uh, they would say, Coach, that's hot. Okay. If we made a good play, that's hot. Yeah. Or it was bussin' and but you were on TikTok today you know <laughs> i thought that was only about food if it's bussin they the kids said that it works best with food like mm-hmm. if you had a fire meal and you're like damn that was bussin bussin I but you, you can say also, it's
1: fire too like you,
0: <laughs> yeah but you can also say it for like something that you think is cool i guess i feel like we used to say that's hot
1: back in the day yeah yeah that's well, not a new thing that's not a new thing but it they, slaps that's that's new they like that yeah okay. it slaps I don't know what that means, but yeah. that slapped. What?
0: What? I don't know. Kids are weird. They're amazing. That used to be us. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Calling people scrub. <laughs> oh my God. That was such athlete locker room I-, I feel room like lingo. that started to come back. Everything's coming back. Yeah. There's not that many words to describe things.
1: They just make up like definitions for words like okay could mean something completely different from what okay used to mean like how bad used to be good but bad is also bad oh yeah like that's now, bad now any any word can be anything like lit no it's you know I lit a fire no uh-huh. it's lit like it's live it's you know it's hot it's fire it's all this stuff no <laughs> dude stop making stuff up making up phrases
0: <laughs> Oh, I'm a boomer you gonna be alright yeah I'm good <laughs> <clears throat> um uh, speaking of your pajamas is uh is this guy? What's his name? Deadpool. Deadpool. I was, Ryan Reynolds. Say, I was about to say Daredevil. Sorry, I got the two mixed up. My bad. So it's not Daredevil, but Daredevil is a great show. I haven't seen it. It's good. I I've heard. You watch I, it. I
1: popped when he showed up in Spider Man because obviously I know who he is.
0: But yeah, yeah. I'm, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm very excited to see if they if they use him as a character because I really like the show that they
1: he's put on. supposed to be in Echo. Yeah, which is coming up, and they're also doing what a fourth season of Daredevil. Are they? Yeah, yeah. You got all this Miss Marvel stuff.
0: Well, Keep up. Um, the Miss Marvel stuff is me. Yeah, because that was my sister's favorite hero. I figured, and she would cosplay as Miss Marvel all the time. She went to a it. bunch of comic cons and stuff, and she owned a comic book store, an online comic book store called Mashup Comics after okay. my last name, Mashbits. So that was sick. So she was the the comic book fan. She cosplayed all the time, uh, and so all of this stuff is is hers. And so it's a beautiful reminder of her. Yeah. Um, and so, but all the other stuff, the Marvel stuff, the Thor. Um, the Guardians of the Galaxy, you can't see it on camera, but the Thanos glove, that's all Joel stuff. He's oh. a huge Marvel fan. Oh. Huge. Me too. Yeah, so you'll, you'll appreciate this. So my girlfriend, she'd never seen any of the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. So we started from, uh, we went in release order via the Disney Plus app. And we just... Oh, was first Iron Man? Or was it... Uh, I thought it was Captain America. No, it was Iron Man.
1: I forgot. Yeah, because release one. order would be Iron Man. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So Unless you include the Spider-Mans, no.
0: Which one? No, we didn't watch those Te- yet. Technically. We haven't watched the Tobey Maguire ones yeah. or the Andrew Garfield ones. That's my favorite. Andrew we Garfield. we st- My three favorite superhero movies are the Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Rises.
1: I agree on the second
0: two. So that's my three favorite movies. My For favorite shoots. movie of all time is The Dark Knight Rises. Because I love Bane. So we watched those first because those are my favorite. Those have nothing to do with Marvel, obviously, that's DC, but then we watched the whole Marvel series, and we watched Endgame, like, two nights ago, and right before we watched Endgame, we were at her place, right before we watched Endgame, I had her call Joel, Mm -hmm. and Joel gave her, like, a ten-minute recap so she could be prepared for the movie. So you didn't watch Infinity War? We watched all of them. Oh, okay. But we'd taken a break after Infinity War. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We took, like, two months off because we just didn't have time. Then we watched Captain Marvel, amazing. And then we watched Endgame, and she kind of forgot what was happening leading up to that, and what she needed to remember, so yeah. Joel, the expert in Marvel, uh, gave her the, uh, the recap. And now we can start with the new Spider-Man movie, because there's two of them that we haven't watched yet. Uh, no Way Home, Far From Home, Yeah, uh, all those, and then we have to watch the Tobey Maguire ones, the Andrew Garfield ones, before she watches the other one, there's a lot. We've yeah. a lot of movies. She doesn't, she doesn't want to watch the, uh, the TV shows, they're not that important, I watched them all, they're good. Have you watched Miss Marvel? Uh, the one, yeah. I watched yeah. the f- I watched the first three episodes. I'm I haven't not, seen the
1: finale yet. And I'm that. not all
0: caught up yet, but it's a lovely show.
1: Yeah, it's it's I don't know what, uh, like coming of
0: age. It's so I, good. I like those. Those it's are, like a feel good. It's yeah, nice. yeah. Her acting is so genuine and authentic mm-hmm. and real, and it's like yeah. And I like the the cultural aspect to it a lot. Yeah, it's really cool. Really good show. It's like something different from what they've done. You know? right? It's cool. Yeah. Anyways, circling back. Since I uh, misspoke about <laughs> Deadpool that's on How your pajamas. dare you. Is he your favorite hero? I guess. You have another one that's in mind?
1: I mean, Spider-Man's got to be up there because...
0: Because he's fucking Spider-Man's awesome.
1: Yeah, but I'd say like those are some of my favorite superhero movies is like spider-man i could rewatch all of them all the time uh ryan yeah, reynolds is excellent that that's part of the reason because I, I wasn't familiar with deadpool until uh the fan casting stuff with him started happening mm. and he started doing videos and all that stuff and i was like oh my god this is amazing breaks the fourth wall and you know ryan reynolds is just ryan reynolds yep which he's amazing
0: uh yeah so i don't know He's cool. He's so cool. I I, I kind of like the Green Lantern movie that he did. Like, I love that post credit scene. And Deadpool. I'm a big Green Lantern fan. That's one of my favorite heroes. Have you seen that? Have you seen Deadpool? I've seen Deadpool. Yeah.
1: And so you saw the, the second one where yes. he goes back and yes. Green Lantern. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's such a great uh, superhero idea. You have this ring, and it's all based on your imagination. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. It's interesting. And the ring chooses you because of like who you are, what you stand for, your virtues, and then you have this imagination. So it's Thor's hammer. Decides yeah. if you're worthy or not. Decides if you're worthy. That was such a great scene in Endgame when, when Captain America becomes worthy. Because mm-hmm. oh. you
1: knew in uh, Age of Ultron, because he tries to pick it up. It's so close. Moves a little bit. And, and Thor's he, like sweating. <laughs> I think that's the reason he didn't pick it up. He didn't want to embarrass Thor.
0: And then he becomes worthy. Yeah. It's, oh, it's beautiful. I think he was always worthy. He's always worthy. Yeah. Captain America's... Cap,
1: yeah. yeah. I like Winter Soldier better.
0: Winter Soldier's Which, cool. He's amazing. Sebastian Stan. Also a, a, excellent. Top actor. tier. Yeah. yeah. It, so, okay. Um, yeah, Deadpool. Yeah, Deadpool. So, rocks. you you see yourself a lot in that character? Being a
1: goofy idiot that says things that's also tough? Yeah, sure.
0: I think that's exactly who you're trying to portray.
1: <laughs> trying to portray? I'm just being myself. Trying. portraying, excuse me. I mean, I wish I was more witty and charismatic like Ryan Reynolds, but
0: what can you do? I think you're witty and charismatic. Thanks. I just say stuff and hopefully it catches. I mean, it's catching on this pod.
1: We'll see. I'm sweating. It's so hot here.
0: Yeah, I turn the, I turn the uh, AC up during the day. I noticed. Smart though. You and then 69 at night when I sleep. Nice. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Oh, too much time child. on TikTok. What a child. <clears throat> Beautiful, man. Uh, I have a couple more questions. Yeah. I got, time. I got nothing to do. And then I'll let you go. Okay. Forever. No. <laughs> you live close by now. That's true. You can come and go as you please. Yeah. <clears throat> but I want to talk about your basketball career. Okay. Because I don't think that's something that you talk about a lot.
1: It comes up in passing sometimes.
0: Because I walked into the house and you were sitting on the couch watching the NBA finals on your phone. <laughs> and I was like, dude, you know you can watch it on the TV. I didn't want to be a burden. You're not a burden at all. Anyways. Anyways. I was like, we threw it on the TV. Yeah. And then we started talking about your basketball career, mm-hmm. which I didn't know anything about. Yeah. Which I'm super excited to know about. Okay. What do you basketball? want to know? Basketball, your first love?
1: Yeah, 100%. Easily. Uh, outside of Shakira. Um,
0: Don't worry, that's the final question. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, so, I have baby pictures of, I feel like a lot of people do this, but I have baby pictures of me holding a basketball.
0: I have, I have one with the baseball bat. It's See? beautiful.
1: Um, I think my grandpa probably gave me my first ever basketball, maybe, like actual basketball. Uh, me and him, Watched basketball like all the time. Every time I would be over there, uh, he was like a huge Spurs fan, mm. which I was never a Spurs fan. But I was like, "Oh, this is cool. We're hanging out," and you know,
0: your grandpa was Spurs special. Basketball,
1: team. yeah. He's he's been gone since two thousand eleven or ten. I can't remember. It's been a while. Mm. Uh, so I was very young. I was like 10, 10 or. Nine or eleven somewhere in that area, uh but yeah, I, I remember like hanging out with him, and yeah, he's the best dude, like uh so I think that's probably why I gravitated to basketball early on, and uh I started playing, and I remember like third, fourth, fifth grade doing boys and girls club, like you know everybody does uh, I played baseball, played flag football at the time. Um, and baseball was actually my best sport. I should have stuck with it.
0: Come on now. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. And then once I got to middle school, I just went to basketball and football. Because I told you the the coach that I had in little league put me in the outfield, even though I was an all star catcher and was hitting home runs. And it just got boring. <sighs> I had, should've, you should've I had been me as a coach. That would have been great, even though you would have been one year younger. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, once I got to middle school, I was just focused on basketball and football. And circling back to, I think, everything has a starting point And, you know, certain things happen. I think in middle school, when I chose to go with the receivers instead of the quarterbacks, set me on my journey. For where I'm at now. Yeah? (laughs) Because I think if I would have went with the quarterbacks, quarterbacks and receivers, personality-wise, are so different. Right. And, you know, being a quarterback, you have to be, like, this large voice, and uh, you have to be the face, and you have to put in all this work, and blah, blah, blah. I feel like if I would have went that path, I would have, I don't know, turned out different. Mm Mm-hmm. I would have hung out with different people, I would have had a different work ethic and stuff like that, but instead I uh, cowered and went this way. I was like, "I don't want to go that way, you know?" So I went this way and it was just like, "Oh, run around, catch a ball. Easy," you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. That's I feel like the first big life decision I made, as stupid as it sounds. Was that a conscious decision you were making back then? Or yeah, was kind of it was it, it was like in the moment, I was like I was a huge Peyton Manning fan, he was my favorite player mm. football player. Of Amazing. Uh, I was like, oh, I want to be like Peyton Manning, you know, and so like once we got to uh, the positions we were picking or whatever, uh, I saw a couple of the, the dudes that went with quarterbacks and I was thinking, I was like, I want to go that way I wanna, you know, do this, and then for whatever reason, something inside of me, I was like, I, I can't, like, I can't bring myself to go over there, like, I can't mm-hmm. break out of my shell or whatever, so I just ended up defaulting this way,
0: uh, so
1: it was just like a weird, I don't know,
0: was weird, it, weird decision. Was it a fear of failure or fear of success? I don't know. Just mm-hmm. like a fear in general, maybe? Do you have some similar fears like that now? Like going, oh, don't after, going after wrestling?
1: No, because I don't care. Like I don't, I don't have any expectations anymore. Mm. I think uh, early on, I was like, I have to get signed. I want to get signed. Mm. I want to go to the WWE. Mm. And then you get in the business and you start learning things and you start finding out things and you're just like, eh, you know. And then once you have. That taken away from you due to injury or outside circumstances. Um, same thing with basketball; I had it taken away. Like you begin to appreciate it differently and more, and so now it's just more of like uh, I'm just having fun and enjoying it. I don't have any expectations. Mm-hmm. Like I would love to get signed. I would love to make you know lots of money and see the world and do what I love for a living. But like, like you said, I'm just present in the moment. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would rather just you know enjoy it uh
0: yeah so back in high school you had to be a receiver middle school middle school and then in high school you played football and basketball no
1: once i got to to high school i was just like i'm just gonna stick with basketball mm. yeah because we're talking about the basketball career yeah um i i was like i i want to go pro in this so i need to only focus on this so that was your that was my mindset I was like this is what I want to do with the rest of my life Uh, and I I'm still very aware of this I never had the work ethic I still don't have the work ethic I am not necessarily lazy I just don't have that level of drive for like what it takes Mm -hmm. to get to that point so uh, thinking that way was a little delusional because there were there was zero chance it was gonna happen. It's incredibly impossible to go professional, professional right. in sports. Um, and I was not doing the work. I was doing work, but I wasn't doing the, work, the you know? work. yeah. So once I got to high school, that was that was my mindset. It was like, all right, I wanna go pro. Um, and then I did some track here and there, which I should have done that early because I was very good at track. Um, and then Junior year, I tried to play baseball again, and the fielding was there, but Mm -hmm. the hitting wasn't so hard. Man, I dipped my shoulder all the time, I I couldn't even hit off the machine, it was bad. So, I was like, This
0: sucks. Uh, so I gave it all take you to the cages. I would love to, that'd be fun. Yeah, all right.
1: Um, and football like within the first two games on JV, I was like already leading receiver. You know, six foot two at the time. Yeah. Receiver. Like, that's, you could go D1 that way. Right. Uh, If I would have just put in work and stuck with football, who knows? Uh, But I was like, no, basketball, basketball, basketball. And so uh, I was very average in high school. (laughs) I was like, I was overconfident in my abilities. Like, I was like the second best player on the team, but. Mm -hmm it wasn't, I wasn't out there like dropping 20 or 30 points a game, but yeah. well, not even close. Like I, I was better in like open gyms than I was in games. Mm. Uh, so once I graduated, I didn't have any offers or anything because I played at a 3A school in the middle of nowhere and you know, nobody saw. So I went to like some camps uh, before the school year ended and I don't know if he was legit or not, but I hired a recruiter to put my stuff out there. Mm. And uh, finally, I got in touch with Texas Westland, which is over in Fort Worth. And I went there and played on JV there for the first year and did decent. We had like a super large team that just rotated. Uh, But the varsity guys seemed to love me. The varsity coach seemed to love me. And he was like, "Uh, if you come back next year, keep doing what you're doing. You'll be with us. Awesome, mm-hmm. go home for the summer, I'm balling out in an open gym all summer long, go full speed this way, stop here, and just BAH! Mm. I thought the dude that was guarding me, like, need me, so I blamed it on him for the longest time, but I was like, nah, it was a change of direction, he wasn't even, like, that close up on me, uh, Oof. yeah, so... Yeah, I I couldn't get surgery or whatever for like a year and a half because I was poor. Uh, So I just kept playing on it and it would just buckle all the time. And I was just like, "Ah, that sucks. So I would wear like three knee braces. And uh, yeah, I just kept playing on it. And I tried to go to this junior college uh, in the Panhandle, but I didn't get cleared until like halfway through the season. Uh, Then I was going to go to Shriner in Kerrville and try to play there and I even told them, like, I'll easily play on JV, like, and work my way up, and they're like, okay, cool, and then uh, that place was expensive so I had to stop going there uh, and then I kind of just, like, gave up for a little bit and then my uncle uh, I don't know how he met some dude that was starting a ABA franchise, semi-professional in New Braunfels. Yeah. and he was like, I got you a tryout I was like, okay, uh, I haven't really played, you know, competitively in a while, but sure, why not? And uh, I went and I played better than I ever had in my life. Made somebody fall and hit it, you know. Oh, didn't really have handles like that, but somehow I made him fall. Uh, yeah, so I, I played for almost the full season. Rode the bench, but you know, it was out there. Yeah, I was on a semi-professional basketball team. It's cool, uh, and then. Uh, me and my ex were about to have our kid, and I was like, I'm not going to miss this, so I'm done. And that was six years ago, right before I started wrestling. Right before you started wrestling. Yeah. And ever since then, like, I I played here and there,
0: yeah. but, yeah. Any regrets when it comes to your athletic career?
1: Should have tried harder. That's the moral
0: of my life,
1: actually, is uh should try harder, you know?
0: Are you taking that into consideration right now? In your life?
1: Well, sure. I mean, that's that's, uh, the moral of why my love life is non-existent, is because Mm. I didn't try as hard as I should have. Like, there was nothing, like, bad or whatever. Our our situation just kind of sucked, and I just didn't try as hard as I should have. Just put forth effort, you know? Uh, But, yeah. Try hard. Try hard, folks. And everything you do.
0: Yeah, effort is very sexy. It is. Yeah. It's a very attractive trait. Sure. I guess. I think it
1: is. So is a Colombian accent. Speaking of. <laughs> <laughs> no, cool, that's cool. That was my basketball in a 15 minute nutshell.
0: It's good. Sure. Storyteller. We tell stories. So we'll have to go uh, to the batting cages and hoop a little bit. I'm down. I can play a little bit.
1: Oh, I suck now, so I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean,
0: I'll just shoot up some threes. I'm not going to the, in, in the paint. I don't right. want to get elbowed in the jaw.
1: No. Uh, I've I've oh. had, like, a dislocated jaw for years because I drove in the paint. Somebody lowered their shoulder and knocked my jaw out of place ever since then. Oof. Pops. Yeah. Should get that fixed someday. Maybe. Maybe not.
0: Okay. We're coming to the, the end of this show. Okay. There's a final question I'm going to ask you. Okay. I know I said I have two more, but there's one final, final question. That, okay. But. I'm ready. The most important yeah. question. The question. Tell me about why you love Shakira. She's perfect. Have you <laughs> seen her? Oh my God.
1: The hair. She looks the same as she did 30 years ago. No, 20 years ago like she's the most beautiful person on the planet and she's a genuinely good human being and she's currently single and she oh my god dude could you imagine just like getting to meet her i would instantly propose
0: would you yeah well i'm gonna clip this part of the pod and i'm gonna post it on social media everywhere i hope she sees it i'm gonna send it to you so you can post it daily
1: Okay, I post about her daily anyway. Do you? Uh, Not daily. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bit. It's not real. I mean, I do love her, but like... You
0: do think she's excellent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's top of the list for me. But it is part of a bit.
1: Well, the talking about her on social media all the time is a bit. Okay. Like, I don't... I'm not actually obsessed with her.
0: Yeah, you just think she's awesome. She's amazing. And very beautiful. Yes.
1: Wonderful. Yes. That's the Shakira story.
0: Shakira, Shakira. Oh,
1: man. That accent.
0: Oof. Oh,
1: man. As the kids would say.
0: Cheese!
1: Was it? Yeah. I don't
0: Something. Know what to. <laughs> but. I hate it so much. To, uh, to put a nice little bow on this beautiful episode that we've had. Thanks for coming on. Of course. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Been wanting to for a while. I love getting to know you a little bit better. Yeah. It was awesome. Thanks. I mean that, okay. sincerely. Sure. Okay. I don't take compliments well. I know, I know. We talked about it a little bit when I was trying to give you some compliments about wrestling and you acted the same way. Oh, I hate yeah. when people, like fans
1: compliment I hate it. You
0: don't know what to do with it. It's
1: so awkward.
0: Accept it. Okay. Celebrate yourself. Sure. You did good work. You did good work. Thanks. It means a lot for okay. me. So I stole this question from... One of my favorite podcasters. His name is Tim Ferriss. Okay. He's like the original podcaster. Okay. He like started the podcast trend. Sure. Now everyone has a podcast. Everybody. Yeah. I have two. I have a podcast. <laughs> Do you? No. Oh, you should. That'd be cool. <laughs> but he asked this. I think this is a really beautiful question. And he says, if you could have put a billboard up anywhere in the world where millions of people would see it on a regular basis, what would you put on that billboard?
1: Oh, man. You want me to get all like philosophical
0: and meaningful. Mine's easy, everyone knows what to do. You are loved. You are loved, yeah.
1: Of course. Yeah. Um. Shakira, Shakira. <laughs> Just kidding. Um She would appreciate it. Maximum effort. Cause it's his, his saying, but you also have to give maximum effort in life.
0: Right. Yeah. It's cheesy. I love cheesy. Cheesy's my favorite. Chimichangas are cheesy. (laughs) Is that you going with that? You going with maximum effort? (sighs) No. um,
1: I don't know. Let's go with it gets better. That's
0: it. Just leave (laughs) it there. Beautiful. Yeah. Because it does. It does. And it can. And it will. Yeah. Get better. Yeah. Absolutely. Just keep going. It's another one. Both of those. Yeah. I'd love to see both of those on a billboard. One on one side, one on the other. Yeah. yeah. With You Are Loved, 10 miles down the road. No, just make it a, a try.
1: Try board. Try
0: billboard. It gets better. Just keep going. You are loved. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful.
1: Seal it with the handshake. <laughs> and maximum eye contact.
0: That's the gym face.
1: Where's your face? Office.
0: Uh, but anyways, yeah, that wraps up this episode. So, thank you again of for coming on. This is episode 106 of Jackson Talks, everybody. The best way to support the pod is through Patreon or giving a subscribe on YouTube, following along on Apple and Spotify and giving us a review and sharing with a friend. But thanks for coming back every single week. I really appreciate it. I hope this finds you doing extremely well and please take good care of yourselves and others. Lots of love.